This is the Spirit Truth Podcast, conversations to equip worship teams and songwriters. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Spirit Truth Podcast. I'm James, and I am really amped for this podcast today with my friend Neil. Hey, James. <laughs> Neil, you have the privilege of being the first person to make a comeback on my podcast. So oh, really? Far. Yeah. Okay. Twice in less than a year. Crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, if you missed the last time I had a podcast with Neil, um, we spoke about music theory and all sorts of deep and difficult things. But today is going to be a bit more, I don't know, fun? Uh, maybe, yeah, fun. Maybe more relevant for some people. Definitely yeah. more relevant for me at this point. <laughs> so with this podcast, um, I really want to equip worship leaders and worship musicians and, and this one specifically songwriters. Um, what I've noticed in my years of songwriting is that you've got a great song, you've you really enjoyed writing it and you've crafted it and you've got it finalized and finished and you've got this voice note on your phone with yourself playing it on guitar or keyboard and then what is the next step to making it a, an actual song, you know, approaching arrangement and possibly even producing it, you know, so that other people can uh, listen to it and doing recordings and all of that. And I found that step a huge challenge, very intimidating, um, because it's, it's like a blank canvas. Uh, you've got the song, but you don't have a clue what kind of vibe you want, what kind of groove you want what sounds should be there and the, I mean the options are limitless um, and it really takes a lot of care uh, and a lot of experimentation I guess to, to get to a point where you've um, we've got something that you enjoy so Neil uh, was the producer of, our, of our, the most recent Shuffle Band album Behold uh, and now he and I have just been working on my EP and this podcast we're recording before the EP is released, but this it's only going to come out afterwards. So I hope you are enjoying it. Uh, and today we're going to chat through the EP, through the songs on the EP, just take them one by one and speak to how we, how, how we approached each song. Uh, so for myself, I brought the songs to Neil, just to kind of give you an idea of the process, I would send him demos and voice notes uh, and then he would just get cracking with them and start adding instruments and brainstorming yeah. uh, it was a really cool process and then from there he, he made some he did some pre-production made some demos eventually we got together to actually record the songs and then once they were recorded then there was more editing and they were mixed mixing is a is a great phase where just all the different levels and the effects and everything are, are put in place and then We've just mastered. Well, today, the master should be ready. Yes. And so, yeah, Neil, are you going to break it, break it down for us? Um, yeah. Well, we're just going to have a casual chat about it, really. Yeah. Um, kind of going through the songs and remembering things and laughing about things <laughs> and uh, hopefully not regretting things. <laughs> <laughs> Can't guarantee. <laughs> but yeah, um, my part in this process is, is really that I, um, I like to encourage people to write songs and I like to encourage people to, to share their music with the world. 
And um, I like to fulfill that part of helping them in that process, uh, helping them to get their songs in a in a way that that sounds great and that they can share um, to people in in a way that they can really enjoy it. Mm. Um, and I like arranging music. I've always liked arranging music and composing to some extent. Um, so yeah, this is a fun thing for me to do. Uh, mostly <laughs> frustrating thing for you to do mostly <laughs> yes uh, it definitely comes with many frustrations um, I think with any creative person you find yourself in blank spots where you don't know what to do and that is a great misery um, <laughs> but uh, you always get through that and um, and end up with good results mostly yeah. as I believe we have yeah so maybe with with um, the EP, it's called Holy Love. Um, before we kind of get into each song, I can maybe briefly mention, I, I gave a bit of a brief to Neil in the beginning when we were kind of discussing what sound is this going to be. Um, and I think one, one of the thing, biggest things for me was I, because I've been involved in a lot of worship albums before, I, I wanted to, to try something new and something different, like a different direction. So uh, <laughs> that wasn't a very... There was a bit of a vague instruction, but I just said to Neil, I want it to sound different. Mm. Um, and But that also helped us to get into, okay, so if, if it's going to sound different in what kind of genre. So we started mm. listening to a lot of actually more pop music, I guess. Um, and especially because that's not natural to me. I'm not somebody who normally listens to pop music, um, but it it got me out of my comfort zone. And it forced me to, mm. to look at, okay, what is it about pop music that really works and how could I apply it to my songwriting? And then I think the end, end result is not necessarily super pop, but it's definitely been influenced by a lot of, a lot of the stuff that we yeah. were listening to in the beginning. Yeah. And even Neil as a classical, um, like with a classical background, uh, I think you were listening to a lot of music you've never listened to before. As yeah, well. absolutely. For, for me, the situation was very much the same. I had to get out of my comfort zone um, when when I brought up the idea of an EP with James, I told him I want to do something just kind of um, kind of simple, kind of easy, just to kind of get things going, get some momentum. Because behold, it was quite an intense process. I learned so much, um, even though it was more in my comfort zone of kind of cinematic music, um, and I thought. This time, I just want to do something that is not going to require so much effort, things that we just we can just kind of easily and quickly start doing. And he was not happy with that idea at all. Because <laughs> I think you were into Pat Barrett at that stage. And I thought, yeah, that's really doable. <laughs> and then you said, James sent me some references, particularly Jack Garrett and uh, James Bay. And I listened to those things and my heart just sank. Because... <laughs> I love the music so much, but it just felt like uh, it's not reachable. Um, but anyway, I fell in love with the, di the idea very quickly and listened to that music just so much. And this EP was definitely influenced by, by that. Yeah. yeah. And that's something I, I do want to mention for a lot of songwriters, especially us who are writing a lot of, most of us writing music for the church, we very easily become very accustomed to kind of, you know, Bethel, Hill Song, Elevation, whoever it is that you're listening to, because we sing those songs in church. Um, but I do encourage you, if you feel like you're in that kind of rut of just the same 
kind of music is just get out there and listen to as much different music as you can, especially the stuff outside of, out of your comfort zone. Uh, it just it was a really good experience for us in terms of our growth and f- and coming up with something which hopefully is is a bit fresh. Yeah, definitely. It's it's such an interesting and rewarding process of how things come together and from different influences. Um, listening to music that I have never never listened to, to styles of music that I've never listened before and starting to appreciate things. Um, and uh, it it's not an easy process to go out of your comfort zone. Um, but in the end, the the whole combination of things with your own skills and new skills um, can can bring about something that's really fresh. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Let's dump. Let's let's dive in. Let's dump in. <laughs> <laughs> dump and jive in. <laughs> so um, yeah, the first song on the EP is "Holy Love," which also happens to be the first song that we worked on. Yeah. Um, that was actually before we even had the idea of an EP. I think it was about November 2018, James sent the song to me. I was very excited because I haven't worked on any new James, uh, on any new James <laughs> Pringle songs um, <laughs> since Behold. Uh, and I did work on Behold for about a year or more. Um, so I was very excited to do, to do that again and immediately jumped in um, to, to get ideas um, together. So, yeah, I mean, I, we don't have that very first version. That yeah, you, it went through that a few changes me. as well. I, I wrote not a, I, the chorus wasn't great. And then Greg kept telling me that until eventually he helped me with a new, a new chorus. Yeah. Um, so let's listen to this one. I think this is probably the, uh, a good original kind of demo to start well, with. Before you do that, actually, a, yeah. a bit of a disclaimer. So this might help songwriters. Is, oh, yeah. Um, Important. Yeah, is to write, sometimes write a song on an instrument that you, is not your usual instrument. So for me, that's piano. I cannot play piano, um, but I can play chords. And so, and my wife's got this old digital piano where you can transpose to any key so i can play in the key of c there's no sharps and flats and uh well it's just on the white notes and um i can transpose to any key i want and so suddenly i can play piano and that has helped me so much in my songwriting it's just because it, it it's weird how it works with your head like it just forces you out of your old patterns that you would have if you just played guitar for instance yeah so this is me playing piano do not judge <laughs> Listen, the piano it's, it's not bad. This is There is no reasons 
slim on the voice thing. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> an important thing about these first demos usually is is the, the vibe and the space that the artist is in when they wrote it, because it's usually quite expressive. Mm. Um, and it's very important to go back to those demos in the, in the production process and just like remember what, what's the song about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, the, the very first arrangement that I worked on with this, like I said, that was before we spoke about an EP, so there was no sound concept yet um, that we agreed about. Um, so it was still very much uh, like corporate worship orientated in a way, very mm. much um, chauffeur band style in a sense. And this you sent to me December 2018, I still remember. Yes. It's nice. This is love. It is nice. I love this version. This is holy love. So to get this, I sent Neil just a recording of just my voice, and then he basically created everything else. Yeah, I think James sent me a vocal recording and an acoustic guitar. Okay. Yeah. This is holy love Through the thorns and the stripes and the nails I mean, there's nothing wrong with this. Yeah. It's just that eventually we decided it's just not right for the direction we want to go into. Yeah. It's called my name There is no reason to hide anymore Guilt is removed and the veil has been torn by love. What holy love? You who were perfect without any need became the accursed hung on a tree for love. It's nice. You're having regrets now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but there's no rules about um, new versions. But there's not. Yeah, this can be like the on the next show for band album. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. Yes. <laughs> it, it was difficult after having this concept to get into a new concept of Holy Love mm -hmm. for me. Because uh, this is what came naturally, especially after working on Behold, I guess. Very much. I think it's what comes very naturally to this song, actually. Yeah. Um, it works very well this way. It can work very well in corporate worship, I think. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, months and months of battling with the song, with going through different arrangements, using different sounds, different ambiences, and so on. Yeah. Okay, so I the, the first thing with trying to get into the new concept of thing is to find a groove for the song 
so this uh, I, I just played around with loops basically and I think I pretty no it wasn't quick but eventually I came up with this groove that we liked and happens to be still the same groove that we have in the song now in the mm. same loop mm. this is love this is holy love the innocent blameless and pure chose a cross for I I think I might have slowed down the song a bit after this it uh, sounds quite fast but... yeah um, so yeah there's one idea that that came into being quite soon and still remained it it disappeared a few times i think and <laughs> made its way back <laughs> but so, uh, but i mean you like the groove probably is one of the hardest things to come up with in a song is to settle the groove uh, because yeah. that and yeah. would you say is it the first thing that you should approach is getting the right groove going and then kind of use layer everything else on top of that i wouldn't say it's the first thing that you should or must approach but i think it is helpful probably in most cases it's good to to find the groove first uh, that's definitely what i tried to apply in this project was finding the groove mm. as as we really kind of wanted it to be to have grooves mm. um so uh, also something uh, a very important aspect in the production of this album was budget <laughs> or should i say lack thereof <laughs> <laughs> so we decided soon um that we're not going to record drums so we had to make use of program drums mm. so now that that can sound good or it can sound bad um <laughs> One thing we didn't want to do was program drums in a way that they try to sound like real drums. Yes. So we wanted to have a unique drum sound that's programmed, but it it works best that way, that it shouldn't feel like, oh, this would have been nice if it was with real drums. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why fiddling with with loops uh from the beginning was was uh always essential for me where do you get most of your drum loops and stuff what do you use what programs mm, for this for this for this project i'm used many stylus okay yeah but it's it's difficult most of the loops and stylus didn't fit this music at all mm. um so but but the loops are kind of broken up into different parts or sometimes if you take this cr crazy loop that sounds like, I don't know, Indian music or so, and you just filter it <laughs> so that only the top end is left or only the bottom end, then you come up with something really crazy cool. Mm. Uh, that happened, I think, with this one and definitely in Kingdom that happened. Mm. And if you would hear the loop of um, scroll in its full <laughs> uh, sound, it's... It doesn't fit at all. It's crazy. <laughs> so you have to be creative with these things. Yeah. Okay, so that's a loop for Holy Love, which really set the tone for it. Um, after we got that, that's like, okay, we've we've got some direction. Got a direction yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But getting up to that point, I had to go through so many different loops to, to find something that worked. Um, okay, what was the next step in, in the process? Um, when I... I played played around with 
a lot of different ideas of piano and so on. And eventually piano became a very big part of the song. Um, and yeah, so here is a clip where I added piano and ambient electric guitars. And um, the guitar parts are pretty much still the same now. This was, you wanted a very expressive version. I think I, I remember you saying, let's go back to the original. Yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed this at the time. Because with piano, you can really add a lot of expression. Yeah. We spent our lives on our scene. You came for us. And this is love. This is holy love. This can go in the Baby Lullabies album. <laughs> My kids would fall asleep to this. Yeah, just an octave higher. <laughs> yeah. When this love is called my name, there is no reason to hide anymore. Our guilt is removed and the veil has been torn by. I think that's actually a synth guitar patch from Omnisphere, which is hugely ambient. It's nice. I'm not sure if it's out of the box or whether I created it, but um, that's still in there. Ah. So it's just gradual building tension. Yeah. Groove only comes in in the second chorus. Yeah, I believe so. The wrath we could not satisfy was consumed for us. And this love is called mine. Nice. Mm. Yeah, so um you know, sometimes you you go on a tangent and you try something completely new. And you might not end up going in that that direction, but still it influences the pro process. So yeah. although we didn't go for this version that's so very much piano driven, some of the other elements that are added to help this arrangement actually stuck and um, and still forms a big part of the arrangement we we eventually used. Mm. So yeah, it's it's uh, I never regret any any time that I try something completely new and discard it. Yeah, there's always good things that come out of it. Something you haven't mentioned is the uh, vocoder kind of effect on the 
that's in the that ended up in the first verse yeah so i think and after this version that's probably the next thing that i tried because my problem was always the very first verse i wanted something kind of striking in the first verse and everything i tried up to that point just didn't really do it for me mm. and then i experimented with a vocoder i don't uh, have that clip now but it's it's pretty much what we have now in the final track yeah um and yeah there was just something which is very um modern and and kind of striking it just sounds big and um immersive and yeah from from there it was just like sorting details out pretty much the the elements that you hear here now in the background is what what stuck most of it mm. so by this point i also had a very solid bridge already which mm. hasn't really changed mm. uh, the bridge is the first part of the song that was finalized very early on and mm. basically nothing changed there mm. you went for strings there but on yeah, it was very lo-fi strings. Like yeah. the strings were, were quite of kind of the same um, problem as with drums. Like we didn't have a budget to record strings. I knew that I wanted to use string sounds, but they shouldn't sound like they're trying to be real strings. So I I programmed them in a way um, that just sounds like it's its own sound. Um, offering layering it with um, you know d different string things like Spitfire Labs has these string libraries of like amplified cellos and frozen strings like strings that are recorded very softly so it's this kind of uh, haunting sound almost and it's very brittle and then layering that with uh, with more clean string samples and that creates a unique sound and then just putting lots of distortion on Mm. Yeah, basically that was uh, a very big element of this production as yeah. well, is um, <laughs> adding lots of distortion. To everything. To everything, yes. <laughs> Cool. Well, speaking of distortion, shall we move on to Zion? Yes. Yeah, good point. <clears throat> okay, now Zion uh, was actually the very last song that came into the picture. Mm. Um, until May, we still only had four songs. And we knew we wanted something more lively, more upbeat. Yeah, because um, I love my slow songs. Yes. And yeah, my yeah. minor chords. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so you tried to get away with minor... You tried to get away without minor chords. Um, or you tried to get away from minor chords in Zion. Yeah. But I didn't, <laughs> then I didn't let you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Neil made me rewrite the song so many times. <laughs> I think, are we going to, have you got some of the different versions there? Yeah, this is the very first one that you sent me. Is this the one at the piano? Again, um, remember my disclaimer. Yes, 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 it is. Okay, so again, another disclaimer. So my wife, this old uh, digital keyboard, it's like, I don't know, 30 years old or something. Um, and it's got these really funny, like old sounds on them. Uh, but it's just really funky. Like, you know, sometimes these... Little 80s sounds. Yeah, these yeah. sounds, I mean, they appear in a lot of modern music. So the one day I was playing around with this weird synthy sound and then I came up with this, which is like super cheesy, but it kind of helped give direction... Absolutely. ...to the song. So it actually started... I started playing this riff and that kind of was the birthing of the song. The song yeah. came out of the riff. Yeah. Here it is. It's usually a baby screaming in the background. 
Was they from the Same beginning? Chorus, yeah. <laughs> Finding my notes there. Yeah. <laughs> this feels very vulnerable sharing these things. <laughs> these voice notes that are only made for Neil. Mm, yeah, so I can't really remember what I told you about this song. I just, I, I think it was you just that. I, yeah, I wasn't. I didn't. The melody didn't grip me. Yeah, um, because I, you know, James, uh, James is a way of writing melodies that that move me and grip me, and I just didn't feel that this was one of them. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just but repetitive and so on so i thought well let's try and come up with something that's more more cool <laughs> i think that was the brief something more cool more poppy actually yeah um not that it did end up poppy but at least it helped so then what happened was i think i kept the verses and then i tried a different chorus if i remember correctly maybe but there was i was playing around with some ideas mm. um which in the end didn't have an influence, <laughs> but um, yeah, I sent you a recording that I that I did, and then you brought your James element into it, which was not bad. It was this was it? Play a little bit. There is a Complete. Oh yeah, I I thought that the words were too deep. For an upbeat song. Oh, yeah. Bad melody. You even yeah. This is the, I think the first time you sent me a melody when yes. you sang it. Yes, you adapted it a bit, but it's. But then I in the end I didn't like this because it actually listening to this it sounds nice, but it I think it was my plastic arrangement that I made of it <laughs> that I didn't like, and I told James uh, no, I don't think this is going to work. We have to. Scrap the song, start with something from scratch. And I refused to let go. <laughs> you refused to let go. I think because the theme was quite settled in my head. Like I really wanted to write about this theme. Um, and I really wanted an upbeat song. And I was just like, I'm going to make this work. And so literally the, like the day before, 
I flew to Durban to come where we were going to start with recordings. Um, I was still working on it. And then I came up with uh, the next version, which was like 95% there. Yeah. And here it is. version of the song mm. <laughs> yeah so um, and then the chorus is the same as the original one that you yeah had. yeah basically mostly yes this was a tricky song to write because i i started with the first couple of lines by rhyming internally and at the end of each phrase so um, the smaller dreams the hardening of hearts at once burn bright and then the gradual fade the drift away into an endless night. So there's a lot of rhyme in there. And once you start mm. like that, you've got to be consistent mm. throughout the song. So it was it was a, a, like a challenge to write as well. But yeah. I think that also helps with the catchiness of it. Is, um, rhyming often helps with catchiness. But be consistent with your rhyming, please. That is something I, I tell songwriters a lot uh, because sometimes we get a bit lazy and we're like, oh, we'll rhyme in the first verse, but not the second verse. Yeah. So when I got this version, I had a bit of mixed feelings. I thought like, okay, yes, a good melody. I wasn't so sure of the, the sound of it and the vibe of it. Mm. I think it was a bit surprised because it was very light and kind of dainty. <laughs> um, but we soon started changing that. And that's basically um, changing, changing the chords uh, that it's more minor sounding. Yeah, you brought that in. Yeah. So uh, then, literally, yeah, we were just working one day, one Sunday in Durban and quickly put this together. So <laughs> this, is now, this is now when, when demos start, when you just make rough demos and you just add all these plastic sounds to it, <laughs> then it sounds like this. Wait for the acoustic. Yeah. <laughs> Break it down. <laughs> yeah. So um, from there on, it's so funny. I just uh, yeah. I I got sick that week. Like oh, yeah. very very sick, and so I was so nauseous and. Now, every time I hear this specific demo, like I feel nauseous like right now. Just listening <laughs> really? to it. it just brings back those memories. Uh, 
But um, yeah, so it's still sounding very kind of cute here. Um, but the arrangement very quickly grew. It wasn't difficult to put it together. Um, and then eventually it ended up with this, which is quite a substantial arrangement, but still very much demo vibes. The small the dreams, the hardening of hearts once burned bright. It's very much that lo-fi sound, eh? Yeah. Tried to go for kind of lo-fi sounding drums and pad sounds. This is not my home. So yeah, you start hearing a lot of elements that's still in there. Like the piano. And that's uh, that's full. And those backing vocals I think are still yep. Quite nice, I must say. Oh. Yeah. Kind of driving down the, the road in summer. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you introduced this little melodic yeah. hook, which I yeah. love. Yeah. And the next verse hasn't changed at all, really. Next version, you mean? The next verse hasn't oh. changed, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, that's the drop verse. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there were some problems with this. Well, funny, now that I listened to it, it didn't pick up the problems at all, but like rhythmically with the syncopation, because every chord um, is comes before the downbeat. And... Uh, it just causes some problems because where do you put the kick and where do you put the bass and, uh, and where do you put place the piano or the left hand and the right hand of piano should they be the same or different and uh, just endless rhythmical issues that <laughs> bothered me. Um, and then Jason came along, Jason George with bass guitar and he just said, well, you know, he's just going to play Every note, he's just gonna go. It's like, oh, okay. Well, there's the problem solved. And having that that bass in that really did give it a lot of yeah. That that spark. I mean, it was almost a complete new arrangement. Yeah, out of that bass. And it it's funny, like you know, the particular sound of something can can influence it. Like with bass, when we recorded it, we chose a specific specific um amp sound is just virtual amps and then afterwards um i still played around with different amp sounds and i found something that i really liked which sounded more crunchy and that just immediately sparked new ideas mm. and then i changed the drum sound and um like did some other sound design 
Um, and then very quickly things just started happening there from there. So what I'll play you now is basically that that start of the new arrangement with a new bass, uh, new drums that are introduced. The drums has changed again. This wasn't right, but it at that point it was very important in the process because it inspired, it it gave direction to the to the arrangement. So many sounds that are still in the yep. in the song, but a bit hidden now. <laughs> yeah, they were competing with each other. Yeah, so uh, from there on, it it was basically in the form that you know it now, mm. and yeah, just some refinements to make. Nice. Yeah. So that's Zion. This is the end of part one of this episode. Join us for part two as we chat about the journey from voice notes to master tracks. Thank you for joining the Spirit Truth Podcast. Check out chauffeurband.com for music and resources. You can also subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media.